So, but just Solomon, you know, she fully recognizes and she has referred to herself as a white lady who is Peruvian yeah. and talks about that culture. But I definitely think as long as you're being authentic, like there's no, you're not, I personally think you're exploiting anything. Eita, Brasil. Tá comigo? Yo, mens, what's going on? Welcome back to another episode of La Mescla. My name is Adrian Burke, or if you are my mom, uh, Adrian Burke is my name. Uh, thank you so much for, for tuning into this one. Uh, thank you to everybody who is already a subscriber, and thank you to the new people. Welcome, new people. Uh, I just want to give a quick disclaimer for this episode. Something really funky happened uh, with the microphone setup uh, while we were recording this one, and I didn't realize until after the fact that there's some weird echoey effect that happens in some spots uh, and some weird uh, clipping of sentences that happens sort of throughout the episode. I, I sincerely apologize to you guys and to my guest, Anita Flores, um, but uh, it's nonetheless a really great conversation, and I'm excited for you to hear it. My guest today is the amazing Anita Flores. Uh, Anita is a Peruvian, Jewish, and American uh, comedian, actor, writer, podcaster, producer. Uh, she does it all. Uh, Anita has a really uh, great podcast uh, called I'm Listening that is entirely about the TV show Frasier, and it's wonderful. You should definitely check it out. Uh, she hosts the show Gross Girls at Caveat every month and Party of Two at the Pleasure Chest. Uh, she's all over the place. She's a super talented storyteller. Uh, and I was so hyped to get to talk Peru with somebody. It's not every day that I get another Peruvian on the show. Uh, so I'm really excited about this one, and I think you're really going to enjoy it. I know I promise you this. Material shit don't make you rich. Coisa material é um vício que não define quem é rico. Vamos lá, então. Or we can keep talking about breakfast. What were we talking about before this? Uh, I think we were talking about podcasting. Sure. Or I was asking for advice. <laughs> advice, cause, and the fact that you were doing, at first you were doing this podcast in your room. That's true. I wonder if that's a common story for people who do podcasts. Probably. I mean, where else are you? And it's hard because everyone has roommates. Like, I have a roommate. I had to. You started yours in your apartment, right? Yes, I did. Um, but fortunately, my roommate is very nice and cool. Yeah. And uh, it's very loud. We had a dog. Oh, I thought you meant traffic. I thought you meant the podcast was very loud. It's not very loud at all. If if you're not supporting this, um, a podcast about Frasier generally doesn't get very loud. Us talking like this. I mean, this is kind of low key what Frasier is too, right? He's a radio host. Yes, and that's why I warn everyone. I do my podcast that I tend to. I don't know why it just becomes like second we start recording, I'm like. Hi, welcome to my, like, I feel like I'm what's his, what's his sign off again on the show? Uh, it's, uh, he says, I'm listening. Oh, right. Uh, but I, but I end in Seattle, right? It is. It, I end every podcast by saying every episode by saying good Seattle, which is weird, but it's fine. I, I only invite people that get it, you know? Sure. Yeah. That's totally fair. So. Where did the obsession with Frasier begin? Um, the obsession with Frasier began, uh, I started watching when I was, like when it was on so i was a kid like it started in like three or 94 i didn't have cable growing up so that's a big um different for me i watched a lot of sitcoms like i never i don't get cable it. for us came later so okay. like the early years were definitely all the network sitcoms. yeah i mean i just feel left out when people start talking about nickelodeon because like i watched wings <laughs> frazier seinfeld friends um you know s things that only lasted one season on nbc 
like the working starring Fred Savage. What? I've Those never even the, heard of that. That's, I mean, that makes sense. <laughs> it was only on for one season. Um, so yeah. And so then Frasier, uh, ended up on Netflix and that's then, you know, everything that ends up on Netflix gets a second life. That's where the love affair rekindles. And, and I thought, you know, everyone has a podcast. If I do one, it's gotta be something I truly know and I'm passionate about and can continuously do episodes. About. Yeah. Honestly, I'm shocked right now. I have like 20, 20 episodes. That's amazing. That's more than I, Oh, I think this is the 22nd that I've recorded or something. Yeah. And also, you know, to give him more press, Smith, I wanted to check, does anyone else have a Frasier podcast? Kevin Smith does, the Kevin Smith has a Frasier podcast. Why? What? I don't know. It's Fox Salad and Scrambled Eggs. Um, I'm not going to diss it. I will say that his format is very different from mine. He does the let's go episode by episode. Uh, And there's no real like an episode could be an, an hour, another like two and a half hours. It tends to veer off onto like random things, life and the other person sure, he does it with. Sure, that sounds like Kevin Smith. Mine is like I will pick a theme. So like interesting. So the last episode came out is called the Britishness of Fraser. I had a TV somebody in my podcast who is a like a TV like writer like critic UK. She called in, and then my friend Rebecca, who's a comedian from England came in and we like unpacked all of the British references on Oh that's amazing. There's many. I'm absolutely going to listen now. I'm sorry that I already have it. Uh what? That I haven't listened yet. Oh, that's okay. There's like trillion podcasts. Truly a trillion. I don't I don't really listen to that many, so yeah, I, I have expect. a couple, and they're mostly like basketball related. Really? <laughs> yeah, I'm like a weirdly big basketball fan. It's like my one sport. That's weird. Thank you. You're a man. <laughs> Sometimes it doesn't feel like it. Uh, okay. We haven't yeah. talked about anything yet. So where? <laughs> I know. Uh, this is uh, La Mescla. So what's your, tell me about where, where you grew up and what your mix is. So I always like to explain uh, my background is from my Twitter and Instagram name, which is Anitina, because I'm Jewish, Jew, Russian-ish on my mom's side and Peruvian on Hell yes. So Hell G- yes. I'm a Jutina. Um, so I consider myself to be a New Yorker. I was born here, and I did live in Queens for years. But then my family and I moved to Connecticut because uh, my mom's side of the family was there. Then I moved here for school, like to New York, to Brooklyn, like 11 years gotcha. ago. And sorry, so the mom's side is the Russian-Jewish side. The Russian-Jewish side. Gotcha. Um, it's funny to me. Because, like, in Judaism, it's like if you're Jewish, like, you're, you're Jewish. You're right? true Jew. Yeah. So it always confuses people. Because they hear my last name. It's Flores. And then, especially as they're hitting on me, it's very common for them to be like, what are you? And then I'm like, I'm Jewish. And then they, like, are like, what? Oh, cool. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so did you grow up practicing or was it more of, like, a cultural thing? So definitely cultural. Uh, meaning I did not have a bat mitzvah. Mm. That's uh, a shame. I didn't get baptized, so I th- I'm oh. going to hell. Yeah, my grandmother hates you. Yeah, I'm probably going to hell. My my neither one of my parents actually. My dad's pretty Catholic, but what I liked, my mom also culturally Jewish. Neither one of them try choose for me. So honestly, like growing up, I go to church sometimes, and then sometimes I go to synagogue, and like I that's kind of beautiful. You did whatever you want. Yeah, like I I never felt pressure to go in any direction which is probably why i'm not very religious 
I'm and I definitely on birthright. Oh, you, very hey, cool. I know that's what that a free is. trip. It's a free trip to Israel. So I was going to take a free trip Milk anywhere. It for all it's worth. Yeah, it was free. <laughs> it's really frightening. What of that if it's free? Um, yeah. So I would do consider myself to be culturally Jewish. Would not say flick. Mm, yeah. Ask me anything about it. I can tell you anything. Same. Both sides of my family are. I mean, one side is Peruvian Catholic. The other side is Irish Catholic. So it's just like a crazy cocktail. But when I was like second or third grade was when my mom kind of stopped giving a shit and was like, yeah, do whatever you want. That's great. I think that will help you more, a better, an informed decision about what you want. And if we haven't talked about it already, it's very exciting to meet another Peruvian. Oh my God. I can't even tell you. I don't meet that many. I, most of the time, I mean, I mean, we're in New York where like the dominant Hispanic cultures are Puerto Ricans and Dominicans. For sure. And for I sure. tell people I'm Peruvian and they're just kind of blink and they're like, okay, great. Well, also like, I think having now been to Lima twice, the thing that I'm still wrapping my head around in me is that like anyone can be Peruvian Latino. Like it's not like a look. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So like one I was really shocked to find out was Peruvian was half Peruvian. This comedian named Jess, Jess Solomon. No. She has red hair. She's very funny. Um, you should check her out. I definitely had no clue. Wow. And she speaks like fluent Spanish. I love that. I don't speak fluent Spanish. And Did you grow almost, up speaking any Spanish? I grew up some Spanish. I mean, that happened because my mom is also fluent. Ah. My mom is fluent. My dad obviously is from Lima. That's um, so interesting because my wife, I mean, my dad passed away when I was young, but like he spoke fluent Spanish too, even though he was the white one. Yeah. So like... It doesn't make any sense, but essentially it was the, the rationale, I think, for my mom was, I think she was worried, learning one language, like, I'm going to struggle in both, which we've all learned. Not, Not a thing. <laughs> learn everything young, like languages. Especially languages. I would like my future child to be bilingual. Mine too. It means they're going, everyone that I'm related to, including my child, is to speak better Spanish than me, but that's okay. Yeah. No, I think that's, I think... I've never phrased it to myself that way, but I think I have the exact same thing. I mean, I'm I try to practice my Spanish as much as possible because I, I it was technically my first language, but it I sort of lost some of it, you know, growing up speaking English, whatever. So I'm very insecure about it, and I try I'm trying to make it better. But I definitely agree. Like I want my children to speak a lot better Spanish than I do. I have such deep insecurity. I I won't. I mean, I won't. I don't have to tell my entire trip at this exact moment. We'll get there because I want to hear about it. But I will say up until like pretty recently, I was like very like, no, I, my Spanish is so bad and I would just avoid it. That's really where I was. For I did that for years. I would like refuse, not refuse, but I would like put off calling my family. I would like not want to call my abuela because I knew it was going to be like this whole awkward exchange where I couldn't really understand everything she was saying. And yeah. Like, Ugh, it's just gave me so much anxiety. Truly what I just experienced. Like. I didn't speak to my father's side of the family in Peru. Like we went together like 11 years ago. Uh, so I was 19. I really didn't talk during that trip. I was just too self-conscious. I just like hid behind him. But this time I went without him. A very different story. So I really did not talk to anyone for like years. And um, my whole thing was like, I feel like bad about it. And then I, reached out to my cousin who lives in 
you know, tr- kind of like apologizing and then like wanting to, and I, yeah, I made this trip happen and it was fine. I'm fluent, yeah, but I made it work. Yeah, you can get around. I did a lot of practicing. I started re- like truly only watching things in Spanish. That's the best Netflix. way to do it. That's the exact way to do it. That's when the points in time when my Spanish was strongest. I mean, I used to spend like summers in Peru and that's when my Spanish wow. was the best. Um, but like the points where my Spanish was always strongest was because we were always watching novelas in the house or like even if it was in English, we'd watch it with Spanish subtitles. Mm-hmm. Uh, like those are, that's truly, I think the best way to, to refresh. And music. I've been doing music too. And uh, I was inspired by my friend Lorena Rusi who... One day she had, she's Colombian. Uh, she had to have a Spanish dinner at her parents' house. So she knew I wanted this. So we had a dinner. The rule was you cannot speak English, speak Spanish. And it was really fun. Great way to practice. So now boyfriend and I host dinners like that. Oh, that's so nice. So we had a bunch of them, but we went to Peru. He also came. He, um, he, he I get mad. Does your boyfriend he, speak Spanish? My boyfriend does Spanish. I would say probably at the same level of me, which would, what would it be? Like, straighter, maybe? Okay, yeah. Um, definitely not fluent, but, like, can get by. He has a very good memory, and he's very good at picking up languages. Like, very good at comprehension. Um, so he also was practicing. I had a, a tutor before I left for Peru. Wow. I had a tutor in You Lula. went all out. I really did. I love that. I really try. And so now the hard part is I'm back. And like, I'm definitely going to go back to Peru, but probably not for another year, two years. I have to keep going. This isn't like a diet. Yeah. Like I have to somehow it's like. going to the to gym my... like every day. Yeah. Exactly. Which I so definitely like, do. Every day. Wow. No. No. No, I'd be worried if you, I'd be worried having it like an issue you weren't addressing. Yeah. <laughs> You're going to the gym every day. It's too oh, much. Oh man. The Spanish thing is so real. Like to this day. I'm about to go. My sister and I are going to go down in April. We haven't solidified the d- dates yet, but uh, in in like April-ish and I'm excited but also have that same anxiety I always have of like I'm gonna be this weird outsider when I go there even though like part of me feels like it is my home or my heritage or whatever yeah. I always mm-hmm. feel very outside every time I'm there and how many, and how many like, like who are being there like uh, uh well this trip is gonna be a little different so usually it's all family business all the time this one's gonna be a little different because we're basically gonna go visit so my mom's one of six and she's the only one who came here so everyone's still down there so it's five other siblings and all their kids and their kids' kids. So it's like a lot of people to see and deal with. So this go around, we're basically going to go to our abuela's house and hang out and for like two and a half days or three days and whoever wants to come hang out with us, like that's dope. And we'll hang out in Lima. And then we're going to go to, the plan right now is go to Baracas and like go to the beach and into the mountains and whatever and uh, kind of have an actual vacation down there because it's always I love going to Peru and whenever I tell people like I'm going to Peru they're like oh that's so fun like, going to yeah Pichu, like they assume they assume I'm like. going to Cusco or that I'm lying on the beach the whole time which sometimes you go to the beach but like mm-hmm. for me Peru is like I'm going to visit my grandma and like hang out yeah. in her apartment it's right. not right. that glamorous of a thing but this time for we're sure. making it a vacation I love that. I um my dad is from Barranco Lima so it's he's my tia lives there yeah, I mean, shout out to Chi Chi who does not listen to this. <laughs> he loves the beach. Um, and he kept kept telling me, I mean, he hasn't been back in a long time. The same situation. It, my grandparents also came to the US, but everyone else didn't. Just my dad and his parents, mm-hmm. and they have since passed away. But um, he was like, Oh, go to the beach. It's amazing. It's amazing. I thought it was beautiful. And then I told my family who live in Salamanca, or if there's, they're all over the Lima. Yeah. 
And they were like, no, it's trash. Like, you need to drive three hours to these other beaches. Yeah. And then they were showing pictures to me. And I was yeah, like, you got to go. So I have so I have a cousin. Uh, I'll show you his Instagram after we stop recording. I have a cousin who runs this tourist fishing and, like, hotel business in Punta Sal, which is, like, in the north in Tumbes. So you take a shitty little plane from Lima. It's, like, an hour and a half uh, to Tumbes. And then it's, like, a two-hour drive through, like, truly like not even roads just like driving through woods like yeah, crazy yeah, yeah. uh but then you get to this like beautiful beach town and my cousin has a hotel and a fishing business there and he posts uh, some mornings i'll be like well in new york where everything smells like trash and piss and then i'll look down at my phone and my cousin juan pablo is like posting videos of like him swimming with whale sharks and stuff that sounds incredible um one thing that i really loved uh about being which i didn't think about very often is my dad refers to his cousin, Pochita, who I assumed was his cousin. Then I come to find out, like, no, they're not actually related. They grew up next to their their parent their their moms were friends and pregnant at the same time. And therefore, she's my Aww. aunt. I just love that. I just, yeah, that's I, so like, nice. And, and it's not just me. Like I talked to my other my friend who's from um, Colombia, a different friend, not Lorena. Uh, I was like, oh yeah, it's great. It's like everyone's your cousin. I was like, yeah, I want to. I want it to be like here. Yeah, that's one thing I always felt like I missed out on was like that feeling of community because yeah. I grew up in a really white neighborhood. There were Me there were not that many Latinos around. Definitely not any Peruvians around. No. So I never had that like like I live in Washington Heights now where like I'm jealous of the Dominicans there because like mm-hmm. they have a commute like a tight knit community yeah. that like leans mm-hmm. on each other. Oh man, it was. It was just so different. Like, I'm an only child. Uh, my parents are divorced and definitely grew up in Connecticut. And granted, being from Connecticut, defensive, because I'm like, I'm not rich. I did, I'm not from Greenwich. Like, there's plenty of poor parts in uh, Connecticut. But I definitely grew up a pretty nice suburb. Uh, really didn't tr- experience something different. Okay, I go to Miami every summer to visit my grandparents. But going to Peru, yeah. that was the sh- sort of And shock. the first time you went, you were 19? Yeah, that must have been crazy. It was crazy. It was very shocking because I just had been around other Peruvians yeah. other than my dad and my grandparents. Um, I also was like, oh, it'll be different once I come back. I'm going to make an effort. And then I didn't. I didn't email anyone. And I was, oh, man, I, f- I, f- I still feel so bad, but like, just my family and I I don't know if I can speak for all like Latin American culture. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Separately like I I can't get over how kind everyone was and how not weird it mm. was. Like from day. Like, yeah. It was just immediately. Yeah, it's very welcoming. Like and I think it really was good that when I got there, my boyfriend came 2 days after me cuz he had to work. So I had to stay at my house with her and the family. And like truly only speak Spanish and it was just like a very nice way to bond yeah, I love that just to like be around the family for like two or three days straight and that really like set them yeah of the trip but yeah no the whole like we haven't spoken in the years thing didn't seem to be yeah, an issue nice. which was like so cool and I was telling this to Joanna Houseman if we're I'm just name dropping cool Latinx people but Joanna another Houseman, person I would love to have on this show she, oh my you should I'll yes we'll she, hook it she, up, we'll she, hook it up. I actually, I was a, um, in 2016, I was working at, Fla- you know, Flama. So um, I worked there as a digital video producer. Joanna Hausman was also there. Um, and so I 
I did a show with her last week and I was telling her all about the trip. She's actually from Venezuela. So she was just like, oh yeah, this is what it's like. Cause I was like, they're so nice. Everyone just wanted to host me. She was like, yeah, cause that's the culture. Like it's not a, it's not a burden. It's not a task. It's like they enjoy spending time with each other and like seeing each other and it's like very it's just very from almost, how I it's grew almost up. the complete opposite of new york culture too Absolutely. where I everything thought... is an imposition to each other and like we all have our hustle and then our side hustle and our side side hustle yeah everything to me in like making friends in in new york being a comedian in new york getting a job involves like pretending like you're dating whatever you're trying to just like oh that's a really good way to put it don't come on too desperate so my thought we were gonna like slowly warm up to each other in peru and it wasn't like that at all it was just right off the yeah Yeah. i think even though i've been there a bunch of times i struggle with that transition too every time i go it takes like a solid 24 hours to be like oh no oh people are genuine here that's very nice it's on and the food anita the food (laughs) the fucking food this was What'd you eat? Also, tell me about what you ate. What did I? Oh my god, I can't, I can't wait to tell you. I uh, so my co- one of my cousins, her husband is a chef. He knew that I really wanted to eat ceviche, so he made ceviche. It's the best like, ceviche in the world. My only task went to get some fish. Learn the hard way. Don't go looking for fish at a fish market two thirty in the afternoon. Ooh. Too late. But paper markets there. I think the big chain we went to was Metro in Lima. But on really good fish, not very expensive. And then he just like made so much ceviche, like which um, with leche de tigre mm-hmm. sauce. So it's like it had some milk in it and cilantro and onions and like a pepper you can only brew. Mm. So good. It was so good. That was a highlight. My tia Pochita made um, seco con frijoles. So it was like meat and just like the best rice ever. That was amazing. Um, I definitely had a papa la huancaina. Any lomo? Oh, hell yes, yeah. I had lomo saltado. Um, that I went to a restaurant for. Boyfriend got food poisoning, as is to be expected. <laughs> it has to happen once when you in my opinion. Yeah, sure. Otherwise, uh, it's not a real trip. Exactly. Uh, also, we were eating whole cooking almost exclusively. Yeah. So, like, it just felt inevitable. Yeah. But he got sick. So, on the day that he was, like... I went to this really good Peruvian restaurant called like Isolina, I want to say. I think I might know it. Our Airbnb host, uh, basically the first thing she said to me, go there. Robert De Niro went there. That's always- He just went. I saw these articles about it. Everyone's opening line about this restaurant was like, Robert De Niro. I was worried because I was like, how am I going to get in? But you know what? Go to a restaurant alone. No one wants to eat alone. There was no way. It was amazing. beautiful. And I got lomado. It was delicious. Also, drank a lot of chilcanos. Okay. I just learned what a chilcano is. Yeah. Do you know what a chilcano is? Please explain. Is? So I learned about it from my cousin's husband, the chef. A chilcano is like pisco, like ginger ale, mm. and like so. I just I don't know what is that a whiskey ginger basically, basically? yeah, but with pisco. But I just like that it was called the chilcano. Yeah. And I could get it up. Yeah. So, yeah. Ate at this nice restaurant alone. Brought it on Us Weekly with me. Had a good time. Sounds lovely. I miss, um, I mean, I love, I, I, people have, there are Pisco Sours here, but I miss like real Pisco Sours that you drink there mm-hmm. and uh, Maracuya Sours. 
Oh. My grandmother in her, so she had her house in Lima, like you go in through the garage door and then there's this courtyard before you actually go inside the house. And in the courtyard, there's um, a tree, like a, a passion fruit tree. So every morning when I'm there, she makes fresh jugo de maracuya and then just serves it with breakfast. It's like a million percent sugar, but it's the best. And I miss that shit. I also, you're me, the fruit. The fruit. It's completely I, different. Like, Mara had that. I had granadilla. Mm-hmm. And, like, yeah, just, like, be fruit. Banana, like, everything. And also, just, like, have here, I had there, like, pears. Yeah. yeah. I never eat pear. And then I w- and ate a, pe- a pear in Lima, and I was, like, so juiced. And the grapes were really good. Yeah. And the strawberries and the mangoes. Yeah. Oh, my God. I, I ate so much fruit. This is making me so excited to go down. Oh. I, like... I would like to think because now I'm 31 that I it will be very different than my mentality. Like I don't barely remember that first trip, which it makes me so sad. And like most of it, I was just like embarrassed and quiet and shy. Yeah. And like my biggest goal of this trip was for my family to understand I am not like that at all. I'm the most talkative, obnoxious person. Yeah. And I wanted it to shine through regardless <laughs> of how bad my or good my Spanish yeah. is. Yeah. I think that's really a really interesting. It's something I've talked to people about on this show before, like this weird thing we do when we're, when we're younger to kind of like shrug off whatever yeah. the cultural identity is. Because like, mm-hmm. I mean, I grew up in New York. You grew up in Connecticut. It's like very similar. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. It's that kind of pressure to be like, oh, no, no, no. I'm like everybody else. Right. Like, right. don't look at me any type of way. Exactly. Uh, and, exactly. And I so regret all the like resisting speaking Spanish or like not really being. I remember going on trips when I was a teenager and just straight up not wanting to be there. Mm-hmm. Just being mm-hmm. like, I miss my friends in America. I want to be there and not fully throwing myself into the experience, which sucks. Well, the other big motivation trip, to be very sincere, yes. is um, so I am an only child. I'm very close with my dad. Uh, and like a year ago, he was diagnosed with dementia. And it's, uh, you know, he's like my best friend. And so I had this very big moment of clarity where I kind of like, because I was like, he's like the only family on my on on this that side the peruvian side that's in the u.s anymore Mm. so it was just like a i have to go to peru i need to like plant roots like i need to like recognize that like he's the only there's more there's more of us and it was too complicated he of course he wants to go but like that's a whole other trying to take somebody with dementia it's a plan by the way that i want to make it happen but i he was very supportive because essentially Obviously, I want you to come with me, but it's going to be really hard, and I think I should go myself. I think I need to, like, force myself to recognize, like, I don't need to hide behind anyone. I can just go. I can can speak Spanish. I can survive without anyone else. It's a part of you, even though it might not, like, feel totally like it. So, so that, so I was like, but so he was very happy for me. He's like, I get it. And then when we go... I won't be nervous anymore because I'll know everyone. Yeah. And and also I didn't know everyone he was talking like a like dementia's like it's it's a very strange and like one of the big things is that like your long term memory is better yeah. than any other memory you have. Yeah. So like that's what we talk about a lot. He loves talking about Peru. He has and he you know he left like in 1975 or something. How old is he? He's 66 now. We went back one other 11 years ago gotcha. and that's it. So uh, now 
after this trip, when I went, I had like everyone record just for him, Aww. like saying hello. I took a million pictures. And then we like, I actually visited him this past weekend. We went through everything. And it was very like, now I feel like closer to him. Now I like know yeah. all of like You can put faces everyone. to names and like you yeah, see the places. places. Yeah. yeah. Like, like one of the best moments of that trip, um, I went to his childhood home uh, and there was a woman standing outside of his house and I was with my boyfriend to take pictures, but felt weird because she was standing there and she was like, you know, this is Spanish, but she was like, oh, can I help you with something? I was like, well, my dad used to hear like, and she was like, what's his name? I was like, Daniel Flores. And he was like, she was like, Neil, oh my God. And like, this is his neighbor who still lives there. So like we were talking about him and then we like exchanged phone numbers and like, like I had her do like a message for him. That's amazing. You had like a storybook trip. Oh, oh, I need to like write a Please book. Please do, because I will read it. <laughs> I will pay for it. It was really, really a beautiful trip. Like it definitely left me feeling like there's like a full thing there. And then when I said to my like my family, I really want to bring my dad here. It might be really hard. And they were like, my two cousins who are sisters live on different floors in the same house with their uh-huh. kids, but they're adding like a fourth floor <laughs> and my cousin Catherine was like you and your dad come stay here yeah like on the fourth floor I was like oh my god, that makes it so much easier <sighs> yeah I can already picture this book I'm writing ends with me bringing my dad to the beach because he loves the beach. choking me up over here I know he like loves Barranco he's like obsessed with the beach so like can you okay. not with the beaches there how can you not be for me, I, it's funny because they talk about the beaches, and I get it. In Barranco, there's like definitely trash, like actual trash. Yeah. People have definitely been trashing the beaches. Yeah. So to me, for them, like that's their Coney Island. I want probably. It's like my well, Barranco is like a very touristy uh, part of Lima too, so it probably Barranco. is. Yeah, it's like now to me second behind Miraflores. Yeah. Like Barranco's like. I don't know, a little Williamsburg thing. Like kind of. It has a little like bit of a bohemian. young bohemian vibe to it. Because like Miraflores has like Larcomar. It has like the big mall and everything. It's a little yeah, more yeah, yeah. It was definitely very different than when I was in Barranco years yeah. ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was just like, and like we went out at night. It was like, there were just like a lot of clubs and yeah, stuff. Yeah, it's very clubby. I, my, a couple of my cousins took me and my sister out a couple of times. Really? Yeah, it's fun. I'm very, very excited for you. I'm very excited for me too. But now I wish I could be reading your book. Can you finish your book in like a month and a half? I do have a blog. I haven't, I, what I've been doing is I've been okay. writing blog notes again. in my phone, <laughs> but I actually... I'm trying to write the full story. It's very well Because that's like a beautiful story. It sounds like an indie movie. <laughs> kind of. I know. It kind of does. In a good Do way. I have like I have any ideas brewing right now. Like I um, I started videos with my dad. Um, he's actually in a bunch of videos that I flama. Like he's a beloved personality. He's just really funny. So more recently, I've been doing these like little interviews with him when I go home where if there's like saying that like there's like a particular story he's talked about I'll ask him about it just like as a like a preservation thing mm-hmm. so I have done like 10 like quote-unquote interviews with his apartment and like you know I've got one about the history how uh gassy or side of this on my <laughs> father's side oh, that's very gassy. so great loud farts we have a whole about that the time he met jesse jackson on the street um and then my other big project that doesn't exist yet i want to write 
some sort of movie that's like a collection of genres. It's dementia, because we have cancer covered. I know. Very dark. Oh, no. My family has cancer covered, too. Oh, no, no. It's not. (laughs) I meant as in like, no, I think you could call cancer rom-com a genre. Totally. Yeah. There are are so many. So you're saying we need a dementia. Yeah. I'd like to get it started. And I want mine to be heartfelt felt like a like a vibe of little miss sunshine because basically sure. i i interviewed dad and asked him what he would do if he found a dead body and we were talking about, and so i was it should be a murder mystery Ooh, i love that i have a lot of i'm ideas. into that then I, then I constantly think about who would play me in the movie mm-hmm. i have no Even idea though, I, I do that too whenever i have an idea i'm like well who's who's gonna get cast in this and then i'm like you haven't fucking written it yet. <laughs> <laughs> maybe actually write it before you start like thinking about locations and shit like that. i know I know that I Edward James almost. Put <gasps> that would be amazing. I loved him in Selena Battle and Battlestar Galactica. I was about to say, but especially Selena. Like, I was like, he's a good fake. All time classic. I bought a Selena T-shirt recently, and I wear it as often as humanly possible. I mean, one of us has to quote unquote make cause my dream. Like, there's no one. There's only one celebrity that I know of that we all know of. Can you guess who it is? Benjamin Bratt. That's, that's yep. <laughs> that's all we have. That's it. I didn't even know he was Peruvian until Coco came out. Oh. Oh. I have really? no idea. I remember wa- my sister and I watching him in Miss Congeniality and being like, "Oh, that dude's cool." And then Coco came out, and I watched it, and I was like, "Oh, Benjamin Bratt can sing." I'm gonna Google him, and then it was like Benjamin Bratt's Peruvian, and I freaked the fuck out. I. Definitely didn't even know he was in Coco, but he's, now he's Ernesto de la Cruz. The he's the villain. He's the villain. Yeah. I was just certain. I do that sometimes. I'm like, there's got to be someone. Oh, and then like, uh, what's Cristina? Like the there's like this. There was like Key Lake of of that genre. In oh, Florida, I don't know. Like this blonde. She's very very famous, but then a lot of the Peruvian to about it are like. That she's an embarrassment because, like, yeah. I know, bet you it's my basically Jerry. Springer. I bet you my mom knows who you're talking about. Does your mom, mom like to watch um, Casa Cerrado or Caso Cer? Case closed. Yeah, probably. Yeah, that's a fun one. Watch that a lot. I saw Gigante. I used to yeah, watch that course, a lot. Of my dad. Classic. I miss. Well, I because I didn't grow up on that much Peruvian stuff. I grew up, grew up on like Univision and right. Telemundo. Right. That's, that's what I'm talking. Like about. Amigas yeah, y Rivales yeah. was big in our house. Amigas y rivales, el mundo es iguales. This is like too much. Siempre están amigas, siempre están rivales. I remember that my grandparents in Florida loved watching yeah. that. My uh, well, well, she used to come stay with us for like the entire summer sometimes, and then sometimes we'd go stay with her when she was young enough to travel. Uh, and she would come and she'd be knitting in front of the TV. I'd get home from school and she'd be knitting in front of the TV watching Amigas y Rivales or whatever's on. Uh, and she just would always pretend like she didn't like it. She, I'd like walk in the room and she'd immediately be like, you can change it. Like, go ahead and change it. And I'd be like, Mama, Mama, you, I know you love this. I'm leaving this show on. I like that she pretended. That was also like a nice moment when I got to Lima, just like by day two, I was just like hanging out. I had a lot of anxiety of like, how are we going to get up on 11 years? Like how? But it didn't, that wasn't really what happened. It was more of like, here's what's going on in my yeah. life, you know? And then us just watch TV. Yeah. And I was like, this is Just spending time with each other. Yeah. Exactly. I found out my cousin really likes uh, Grace and Frankie. Okay. And oh, I've never watched it. I also haven't. I've only watched it in Spanish so funny. now. I, was like, I guess whatever's available on Netflix in Peru. I should have yeah. checked. 
Uh, well, we haven't, so we haven't talked at all about like c- comedy or, or anything. I mean, if I guess. We I don't can. know. What time is it? Yeah, we're doing great. So, wh- when do you when when do you decide you want to be a performer? Is that from a young age or? So I decided I wanted to do comedy, probably with behind the scenes stuff. Like I, what was it like? God, almost years ago, I interned at the Colbert Report, nice. which was cool. But there was somebody there who, at the time, was looking for volunteers to volunteer for this festival called the Eugene Merman Comedy Festival. So that was my intro that was just watching a lot of free, which was great. And also realizing like in New York, you don't have to go to play. There's a two drink minimum. Mm. There are places you can watch comedy for not that much money. Um, And like also having been to just a few to watch sets, it's very different. Very different. It's almost a different genre entirely. Right. I'm not, I'm truly, I'm not, very familiar genre. A lot of the stuff I started to check out was like at Littlefield Hall, the Bell House. Um, and then I took, tried some UCB classes. I tried improv, hated Didn't it. We all hated it. Uh, and then I took a sketch writing class. Didn't seem to have the patience or some to write new sketches every uh, week. And then I took a story class and I loved it. Um, I recently definitely am doing stand up, but storytelling can't tell. Like I love telling yeah. stories. I've got so a you lot can of them. consider yourself more in the storytelling column. For sure. I like for me, like a big influence is Mike Birbiglia. Totally. Definitely. Did you see his show? This new one, the new one? Yeah. No. It's, I didn't it was great. See My roommate uh, assistant stage managed it. It's a great show. Oh, yeah. cool. My The first thing I saw him do or heard him do was he did uh, my secret public journal because he kept like a blogger thing. And like one of the funniest things I ever heard from talking about a guy like essentially this guy hated him. I'm not, you know what? Never mind. I, re- I This never <laughs> might try and yeah. retell somebody's bit. Never works for the, anyone. The point is what I liked him and what I see a lot of other comics doing now aren't necessarily just like minors. It is some sort of like a little story. So I definitely, I would say like stand-up storytelling and I've been doing it for like seven years, say. Um, and also, uh, I love hosting. I love hosting and I love trying to like meet new people. So it's like a really fun to meet new comics is to be like, oh, you should do my show. Yeah. Um, so monthly show at the Pleasure Chest. It's a sex show. Hey, it's fine. I got to come check it out. You should. You should. I think it's the only show hosted by two Latino women. It's me and my friend it's Vanessa. bananas that that's it true. Is bananas. That's... It is. I feel confident about that statement because no one has been like, you're wrong. <laughs> but it, my friend Vanessa Valerios, really great. Very proud of her Dominican. She's from the Dominican Republic. Um, but yeah, we host like four like stand-up storytellers. Sometimes we have people do er- erotic fiction. <gasps> I love that. More than one. I had. I, we've had two different people wrote erotic fan fiction when they were like 15 and, and read it people eat it up oh, that's um I'll yeah uh so yeah i think it's been about seven ish years uh it's just fun i feel like uh i don't it's just it's a nice outlet yeah totally i think for like for me i did the improv thing for a long time yeah, yeah. started out loving it sort of the fruit started to rot a little bit and now uh-huh. i've transitioned more into like storytelling stuff and some 
light stand-up. <laughs> like, I, sure. I think what we're talking about, I would call light stand-up. Light, light it's stand like up. true stories I from my life that are kind of peppered with punchlines that may or may not be true. Right. And what's really cool is even since I started doing storytelling classes to see what exists in terms of what, like, the storytelling community. Yeah. There's so many storytelling. Yeah, and I'm super new to that scene, so I'm, like, yeah. super Happy to intro you. There, there's Facebook groups you can join that are just about, like, NYC storytelling. Okay. There's definitely... And there's like open mics for storytelling. I just want to like, tell stories about my abuela because she's crazy. I tell the story about her on stage that she, how she smuggled a monkey on a plane once. Oh my god! Oh my god! Yeah, that was a real thing from uh oh god I forget from this jungle city. She like went on vacation to this uh, Iquitos, which is like this city in the jungle that like back then I don't know about now, but back then like you could only reach by plane or boat. Like there were no wow. roads that went into it. So she went and bought a monkey from a street vendor and needed to take it on a plane back to Lima. Uh, so her decision, this is a cadet's version of the story, but her decision is just to take a, this isn't like the, 50s <laughs> this is like this is take a 1950s sleeping pill and grind it up into the monkey's food knock it the fuck out oh. and put it in her carry-on in her purse she's a crazy person oh can i swear yeah it's fine holy s that is um that sounds great F that ass. I, you, well we'll see um if you're listening if any this is a podcast then we all must know that ucb east is closing yes, we all know the very important news. It's very important. There was a show that I feel fortunate I do before they closed. Hopefully they'll find a new venue, but it was a show called Azúcar. Oh, that's Tulio's show, right? Have you ever done no, that? No, I show? haven't. Oh, that would be yeah, yeah, yeah. to do it. I did like some condensed stuff about... Um, that's what's... That's what's nice. There's stand-up and the, the storytelling. I did kind of a convinced, like, here are some like funny things that happened. On, but then I did a storytelling show and told the story. Uh -huh told you and it was just like people were like yeah. you know just yeah. they were like oh, i'm so happy that's nice because you. you can take kind of the same material but just slightly tweak it for the show right. like for the right. tone exactly. of the show exactly cool. and i've got i think i have primo the moth material are you familiar with the of course moth I am, yeah who isn't I, I mean here's my thoughts it, it, the moth you know i'm a big fan uh but it definitely like i've never won a story to slam and I always thought I don't have any good sad material. You know what I? I don't. I don't have can't. <laughs> I was about to say, would pop out now, that dementia com. But now, and like this, also, I would like to think I, I. It feels weird about this stuff, but on the other hand, I just meet more people who are deep these things because joking weird. about it is how I have I always would, dealt I with that stuff. I would hope it's not totally inappropriate and awful. No, it depends on the context. And I, some people are always going to take it some type of way. But if you're doing it in the context of a storytelling show, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, like, it's not like you're going up to people on the street and like, let's joke about some sad shit. Like what was like, hope was made me feel hopeful. It performed telling like, here's the journey. This is what fueled me to go on this trip closer to my dad. And then afterwards, this couple came up to me and were like, what's well, really beautiful. And then, and then the girl was like, it had like odd city vibe. And I was like, yes, exactly. Just let me be, there's, of course there's going to be funny moments, but it's also going to be heartfelt. Yeah. That's my brand. I love that. Heartfelt. Some laughs. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. So how is, in terms of your material, just because I haven't had the honor of seeing you perform yet. Uh, oh my God. <laughs> I know. Wow. I can't wait. I'm going to weep in tears of joy. <laughs> Uh, how much of your culture is coming into your material? It is, it is 
is very new because it wasn't really part is that, of my Is that life. exciting for you? It is exciting. I What I wanted to make sure is that I'm not forcing it. There's I totally relate to that. Having now the longer I'm in comedy is I stand. People are desperate to, to stick out in some way. And sometimes I meet people that are leaning into something that they think they need to lean in. And it's uncomfortable to watch if it's not really who they are. I, and I, I like, you know, being a, a Latina, like, it happens. Sometimes I feel like, and it's great if you want to talk about your because you want to. But I felt there were moments in, in as a performer where I was like, oh, this is this show. Like, I need to cut some material about, you know, and observations about being a Latina. Right, yeah. or um, and I didn't really like to do that. Like, and so now I just had this like life changing trip. So, and like, you know, and it's happening with my dad too. And now at this point, I only really speak to him. It feels, I feel much closer to now him. That stuff can come from a more authentic place. Exactly. When you're I'm just trying to be as authentic as well. That's why I have a, sh- a podcast about free. Yeah. Because <laughs> so I was like, that's the most, the most authentic. authentic I can be. That's a beautiful thing. Is be extremely open how important TV was and is in my life and specifically. Amazing. Do you know that we did an episode, I will not go on rant again, uh, but I will say we did an episode called Ladies Love Free and me and the, a comedian Tracy Soren, I had people, women, call in about why they love the show. You would not believe how heartfelt some of the answers wow. Like it was pretty shocking, but to, to, uh, to answer the question, yes, it feels really good to now start to, from authentic place, get more into identity. I'm excited. Cool. And meeting you, like when I am more open, how I meet other people. Something I'm trying to be better about is just putting myself, that was part of starting this show in the first place was not being ashamed of this part of my identity. Because I have the added element of like, I look so white that I can get by with not like talking about it ever. I totally. So there's an added pressure, uh, not pressure, but there's an added layer of shame of like, am I leaning into this Peruvian thing? Right. And it like a way to kind of weirdly exploit it because I don't need to. It's like this weird like uh, mind fuck on top of a mind fuck. I totally get it. Uh, But but part of the reason I love that I started this is because I get to meet people like you who I didn't know who like we share kind of the same experiences. I do think, and I know colorism is probably not a thing we're gonna have to get to. (laughs) No, let's solve it. We can we can get that done in in fifteen minutes. But I do think it's really exciting. And complicated to fully, um, like Joanna Houseman, who I talk, she says people are constantly shitting on her online because they're like, you're white, blah, blah, And it's like, yeah, you are white. It's And she gets that. Yeah. I, there's just like all these very, like, hey, I definitely some of that in Peru, just like from other Peruvians. Mm-hmm. Like, and, I'm and, sure like, you did. It's... Billboards around with like Dude, In Lima, especially, it's crazy. People are like whiter than I am on yeah. billboards, yeah. which mm-hmm. is nuts. Absolutely. So, but Jess Solomon, you know, she fully recognizes and she has referred to herself as a white lady who is Peruvian yeah. and talks about that culture. But I definitely think as long as you're being authentic, like there's no, you're not, I personally do think you're exploiting anything. Yeah, yeah. I'm Pretty so sure. happy that you're doing this podcast. Like I can guarantee you there's like so many other people want to be on your podcast because they don't really ever get the opportunity to like talk of experience. Yeah. Well I didn't. And so now I'm just like f- forcing it. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? I love it. Yeah. Okay, uh, I think we're sort of winding down on time. Is there anything we haven't covered that you want to touch on? 
before we get to like plugs and Oh, plugs. Uh, okay, we talked about food. We talked about your trip. We talked about our trip. We talked about my dad. We t- family. We talked about comedy. Damn, we really covered. How about like how, how about like comedy? How about like aspirations? Like what kind of stuff are you trying to get done? So, one of the things that I would really like to do uh, is do a traveling food show. <laughs> I've thought about that. I, I dream of it. I um. Yeah, it, I was and am an Anthony Bourdain fan. I was a big fan. Uh, I get frustrated because a lot of the food shows I see often hosted by straight white men. Uh, I know Salt Acid just came out. Oh, I haven't watched it, but I've, I've heard about it. Yeah, yeah. I've heard it's amazing. I haven't watched it yet, but I will. Um, I would like to host a show that does not come from the voice of a, here's my food background, but I love food. Also, I'd like to... Just like go to different countries and meet families from those countries. And because it's just so like this was the first trip to a different country, which happened to be where I'm from, yeah. where I was like all home cooking. Yeah. And, and just like all the food story and everyone has like their own like version of what they're making. And so, and I just would love to just like I want an excuse to like okay. I, I, lo- I do love call it all home cooking. All home cooking. I mean, I do have very specific pills. Like, I'm paranoid. So I've been Food Network, where are you at? I've been keeping them to myself. But, um, yes, that's a dream. I would love to write sort of short film loosely based on my dad and I solving some sort of mystery. Yes. Um, and I do dream of a book. I do. A novel? Or like mm, a, a non-fiction, memoir? Gotcha. Like a yeah, memoir. Yeah. Like probably about this, mostly. The, the the sort of journey, the journey of self-discovery, reflection, and uh, dad. Yes, snaps for that. Yeah, I don't know how comedy-ish it'll be. Who cares? Um, comedy, the definition of comedy has become so blurry these days. And it's right, like, sometimes right. I fuck myself. <laughs> sometimes, <laughs> sometimes I fuck my own mind, I guess, in a way of like, oh, I'm not like, I'm not like one-liner funny. I'm not like writing these like late night jokes, these like topical, like Trump did this and here's a punchline. Sure. But that, like you said, like people like Berbiglia are kind of changing and like Hannah Gadsby are changing the definition of what a comedy show is really. I'd like to think it's possible to also just create whatever you want that doesn't necessarily like, oh, it checks that box. Yeah, I mean, there's so many multi-hyphenate people now who are just doing what they want. I think of a person like like Donald Glover or like Reggie Watts or whoever that just kind of like do what they want to do. That's kind of, yeah. that's kind of my deal, I think. Other thing that is in the works, uh, I uh, befriended, uh, I met a friend of mine, at a, a friend of introduced me to a, one of her friends who's a social worker. She was like, I know you're dealing with a lot. You know, your, your dad's power of attorney. So I was talking to this woman for like two hours. She's like, she's one of the most um, positive and happy job social workers that I've ever met. She and I both separately do a podcast. I wanted to do one about like, oh, I've now kind of understanding of like, what are the ins and outs of like, being a care, the financial woes, the healthcare woes. I've had my own health problems. How do you deal with health insurance? She's like, yeah, in my job, I only get to see people a certain amount of time. Um, I'd like to help people if I can. So we're in the works of trying to do a podcast together. Whoa. Which is, here's the perspective of see who's, you know, suddenly thrown into like caretaking and everything. That, and here's a social worker um, and trying to um, goal subjects together. Like wow. that all have to do with like, 
mental regular health, you know, how to weave through, you know, with a lot of money uh, after the hospital, like, oh, you can get like a, a payment plan. You don't necessarily yeah, yeah, yeah. have to freak out immediately and like hear your options. Oof, that sounds useful as fuck. So I have a lot of goals. Yes, that's amazing. Yeah. I'll, I'll see what happens. Yeah. I figure if you throw enough at a wall, like it's going to stick. That's kind of how I feel. I'm I'm always caught in a battle. Like my brain is always caught in a battle between seven different ideas that I want to execute. And it's just like, which one can I do first? And which ones do I have to back burner for now? You know what I mean? What's your like dream thing? Like for like way in the distance dream or just like shit I'm trying to get done now? Go, go big. Really. Oh, I'm like going to sell a show to HBO nice. and like employ okay. a lot of my friends and then like wow. parlay that into like a multi hyphenate career where I can do like comedic stuff, dramatic stuff, TV, movies, mm-hmm, like all mm-hmm. that shit. Love that. Uh, and I would love for this show to like get picked up somewhere and be listened to, you know, more than I love my audience. I love my audience so much, but I want it to be bigger. <laughs> I get it. Get, get those ads in, maybe? Oh, I'm working on it. Yeah. I don't know how. I don't know how people get to do that. But when I was doing my podcast in my apartment, I live across the street from a Checkers and a Dunkin's. Ooh. So I'd be like, Checkers, Dunkin' Donuts, are you listening? <laughs> across the street, love your work. Like, get those sponsorships. Get, yeah. Or, uh, what is it? Squarespace, one day. Yeah, audible.com. Hit me up, audible.com, if you want. That's right. This is a good place to do it had for me so far yeah uh so okay let's do it what do you want to plug you want to plug stuff plug your podcast sure um i have a podcast it's called listening uh and it's all about the show frazier you should know it's on itunes it's on stitcher follow me at anita jutina on instagram and twitter uh check out my uh monthly show uh party of two you know all stuff to do with dating stand you stand up storytelling uh, that, that that's on February 23rd. The last thing I'll plug. Please. Doing another uh, new monthly show at Caveat called Gross Girls. That I host with my friend Natalie Wall, all about gross things women do. I'm doing in parentheses because I mean anything. Anything that's gross to you, even if it's just like, here's something personal I know about. And you want to talk about it on stage. Nice. Do gro- or go see it's a variety girls. show? It is a variety show. We just did our first show. It was amazing. Uh, and the next leave is on, oh, I don't remember. So you should I'll put it in the thing. Follow me on social media. <laughs> yes, the most important thing is follow Anita on social media. But not in real life. No, ne- never speak to her. Never speak to her in real life. Don't make eye contact. Yeah, don't look at her. Yeah. Thank you so much for doing this. Thank you. This so was so much. lovely. Please come back. And I want to yeah. come see your shows and check everything out. Myself. And vice versa. Great. Invite me back. I will. All right. Goodbye. And that's it for this week's episode of La Mescla. Thank you so much to Anita for coming in. Thank you to Simple Studios. And again, I'm sorry for the sound on this one. Uh, That's not going to be an ongoing issue. And my apologies to Anita for me not uh, catching all of those issues while they were happening. But nonetheless, it was a great conversation. Be sure to check out Anita's podcast. Follow her on all social media. Uh, Go to her shows at Caveat and at The Pleasure Chest. And in general, just support uh, the art that's made by mixed voices, first-generation voices, uh, just anybody who's a little bit outside of the mainstream, who's a little bit of an outsider. I think we should all be supporting voices like that. So please remember to like, rate, review, subscribe, validate my life choices, whatever you want to do. Venmo me if you want. That would be dope. Um, I just burped a little, so I think I'm going to leave it there. Uh, Again, thank you so much, and I'll see you all next week with a new episode of La Mezcla. Bye!